Okay, Dana. What do you believe happens when someone dies? I believe that their spirit goes to heaven and their body goes to the ground. Okay. Um, do you believe in heaven and hell? Yes. Okay. Um, how good do you have to be to go to heaven and how bad do you have to be to go to hell? It's not about how good and bad you are. Okay. It's about what you believe. It's about whether or not you accept Christ as your Savior. Okay. Um, can non-Christians go to heaven? Do you have to be a Christian to go to heaven? I'd say yes. Alright, good. I would agree. So, um, so if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? I would hope so. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say, would you say that God is a God of justice? Yes. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, forget about that side of God. I always think of him as just as this God of love, which he is. But he's also a God of justice, and if he is going to judge us righteously, we're going to get really what we deserve. And um, have you have you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Um, can you name any of them? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor, honor thy mother and thy father. Five. How about the ones that deal with God? Don't take his name in vain. Hey, I'll tell you, that's the most I've gotten out of anybody so far, and I've interviewed over 30 people. <laughs> so that's pretty good. So, um, do you think you've kept them? Try to. Okay, that's good. Um, let's just go through some of them for a moment. Um, have you ever told a lie? Yeah. How many think you've told? More than Countless. Fair share. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so, um, what do you call someone who tells lies? Dishonest. Yeah, dishonest or um, about a liar. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, have you ever stolen something? No. No? Even if it's small? Nope. You haven't stolen a pen or anything like that? Nope. That's pretty good. Um, have you ever used the name of God in vain? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know what the Bible calls that? It starts with a B. Okay, it's called blasphemy. Oh yes, it's I did know okay. that. Okay. Um, okay. Have you ever murdered or committed adultery? Okay. <laughs> um, Jesus would take us a step farther and look at our hearts and say, if we are even angry with someone, we deserve the same punishment as a murderer. Or um, John in First John says he that hates his brother is a murderer. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been angry with or hated somebody? Been angry with people, but I mm-hmm. can't say I went as far as truly. Okay. So yeah it's really interesting to see God's standards. You know, it's so much higher than our standards. You know, we tend to say, well, I'm, I haven't murdered anybody, but anger's not that bad. But, you know, God would look at both of those if we allow our anger to lead us to really, you know, just not like people or anything like that. You know, it's as though we they're dead to us. And so God's standards are so much higher. Um, you know, Jesus said, if you even look with lust, you commit adultery. Have you done that? Well, that's good. And marriage helps that. I'm married too. <laughs> Congratulations. So, um, okay. Um, have you ever coveted? Have you ever desired something that wasn't yours? Sure yeah, have same here. Point. And Paul um, says in Colossians that coveters are also idolaters. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, hit two birds with one stone there, unfortunately. So, um, okay. So, just based on um, on those things, um, that's not even all ten. No. Um, so. At least you haven't haven't stolen something. So you'd be, um, if you stood before God's judgment seat, you would, by your own mission, be a lying blasphemer, mm-hmm. a covetous idolater, 
and an adulterer and murderer at heart. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, what would be the just thing for God to do to you? I would hope that if I ask for forgiveness, then so, okay. Yeah, I receive that answer a lot. Um, so say you're in a human courtroom, you've murdered somebody, and you went before the judge and said, Judge, yeah, I know I'm guilty, but can't you just let me off the hook? It's different. <laughs> From what I'm saying, it's different. How is that? I you know, for God just to, if, if you're standing before a judge and see God, say, hey, God, yeah, I know I've lied, I've stolen, but, or I've done these things, but can't you just let me off the hook? It's really the same thing. If he's a just judge, he's going to be say the same thing as a human judge, well, no way. You've broken the law, and this is a serious offense. You've you know, disobeyed the God who gave you life, breath, and everything. That's worse than even a human judge breaking the laws of this land. Okay. So, I'd say what the Bible would teach is that the just punishment for all of us because of our um, rebellion against God, even one sin, is hell. Yeah, That's scary to think about, but that is the just, just penalty. But, obviously, God did something for us, so we do not have to suffer that punishment. And that's the thing, like, you know, I've talked to even a lot of people who couldn't be Christians. Whenever I get to that part and ask if you'll get have, go to heaven or hell, you know how many times someone mentions Jesus? Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, they hardly ever do. They're like, well, yeah, God will forgive me. You know, God you know, promises forgiveness, but they never say, well, Jesus died for me. And because of that, I can go to heaven. You know, it, we too often just rest our hope on things we've done, and that's not. You can re, you can you know repent till your face turns blue. You can ask for forgiveness till your face turns blue. But if you forget about the Lord and what He did for us, it's it's useless. It's just like going to a judge saying, "Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to change my life. Yeah, I'll I'll do all this community service. It's not going to work. You must have Jesus and His righteousness." So. You know, so Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago, suffered and died on that cross, and in a sense that was a legal transaction. You know, say we're in that courtroom at God's judgment seat, and we're guilty. Everybody knows it, and we know what the punishment is going to be. And Jesus comes into the courtroom, goes up to the judge, says, Judge, yes, I know she's guilty. There's no doubt about it. I know there's a death sentence on her head, but you know what? I'm going to take it for her. And that's just amazing that Jesus would be willing to do that. But equally as amazing that God would allow it. And the thing is, God not just allowed it, He planned it. And so we can have the hope of forgiveness. Um, after Jesus died, three days later, do you know what happened? He rose. Yeah, He rose from the grave. And whenever He did that, it proved a lot of things. First, He defeated sin and death, so you and I can do the same. But it also proved all of His claims. It proved that the people that would be speaking for Him, the apostles and prophets, would be speaking for God. That, the, that proves that you know, the New Testament we have is God's Word. That proves that He is the Son of God. And it proves that He, the statement He made, that He is the only way to eternal life. That there's no hope for a good Buddhist or a good Muslim or a good Hindu. It's only through Christ that we can have salvation. So, do you know what the Bible says we must do to receive forgiveness of our sins through Christ? Jesus for it. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Um, how about... You've already mentioned this a couple times, the idea of repentance. You know what that means? Admit that you have done something. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. It's really the idea you feel sorry for it first. You're oh, really yeah. convicted and you're you're you know, upset that you you know broke God's law, but allowing that you know sorrow to lead you to leave your sin behind 
and to give yourself fully to the Lord. That's really what the concept of repentance means. That, you know, we need to be willing to deny ourselves and be willing to confess Jesus as Lord, which means a lot. You know, we just use that word like it's nothing sometimes, but it means He's our Master. And we're His servants. We belong to Him. So that's you know what we must do <laughs> to be forgiven. We need to submit ourselves to Him, humble ourselves. Um, do you know what the Bible teaches about baptism? A lot of division over this topic. Yes, and I have my own views on baptism. So do I. And what are they? Back to my children who were not baptized, they were dedicated. Mm-hmm. I feel. Uh, I go to a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. They believe in baptism. Um, I feel that it's more of a personal. something personal that you have to mm-hmm. say, hey, I take. You know, Jesus as my Savior, mm-hmm. I accept Him into my life, and to me, that's when you should be yeah. baptized. Okay. Yeah. Not just as soon as you're born to wash mm-hmm. away. Yeah. I agree. That I don't think it's biblical. <laughs> there's no, there's no example of infant baptism, or even in the scriptures, it's always someone who believes and is willing to repent is baptized. Um, but do you believe in the use of the sinner's prayer? Okay. Um, my question to you would be, I asked this question earlier to somebody, um, where do we see that in the Bible? I don't have a clue. Yeah. We've done it in church, I don't know how many times. That's the thing. It, the idea of the sinner's prayer wasn't invented until really the last couple hundred years. Okay. It's really a new invention, and the problem is with new inventions, they're usually not too biblical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, the picture that we see in the New Testament is that, you know, not just someone went before God and said this prayer. We don't see one example of someone being commanded to do that. The command was, you know, to believers to repent and to um, be baptized for the remission of sins. And there's a lot of churches that just don't teach that. <laughs> they just say, you say this prayer, That's and you yeah. just repeat these, this formula, and you'll be saved. But you know, I don't see that anywhere in the, in the New Testament. So, yeah. One verse that, you know, I used to be a Lutheran, and one verse that really popped out to me that really showed me that some of my beliefs about baptism were wrong was Romans 6, where it says, That is the point in which we are united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, and raised really into new life. The idea of being born again, as John 3 says, that we must do if we want to inherit the kingdom of God. So, a lot of churches don't teach that. <laughs> they teach that baptism is just some you know, symbol of something else that happened at some point. But, yeah. I'd say the Bible teaches that it's essential to salvation. That's the point in which we are forgiven. And I think that's been shown even in the early centuries through history. That even the early church fathers taught that baptism was for the remission of sins. That's the point in which our sins are washed away. So yeah, I would challenge you to really you know, get into scriptures, dig deep into them, and um, you know, see what God says about those things. And you know, obviously that's not the popular teaching today. Yeah. That's what gets you through life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is that you know, Jesus says we'll be judged by his word, not by the things of men that we accept. So always be careful to test everything with the scriptures and to you know, just take a moment you know, to examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Okay? Yep. Thanks a lot for your time, Dana.